Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we welcome Jackie Rice. Jackie serves as the VP of Information Technology and Chief Information Officer at Frederick Health, which is the only hospital in Frederick County, Maryland. Prior to joining Frederick Health, Jackie served in multiple healthcare roles, starting with a nursing background of 20 years, which led her to a career path in information services. Jackie holds many responsibilities at Frederick as she leads the organization in digital innovation, enterprise analytics, cybersecurity policy, and population health initiatives, just to mention a few. Frederick has partners with Meditech in implementing one of their newer initiatives, and I'm excited for Jackie to share with us how they're using that at Frederick. Not only is Jackie active in Muse community, she also serves as the president of the Maryland HIMSS chapter. Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, TJ. So Jackie, tell us a little bit more about Frederick and your IT team there. Sure, I'd be happy to share that. We are a non-for-profit hospital. We've been in this community 120 years. We're the only acute care hospital in Frederick County with 269 beds. We have 24 locations and growing with 100 plus providers. We have 20 unique specialty areas of care, such as orthopedics, cancer, gastro, brain and spine. We're a CHIME most wired level seven and a HIMSS MRAM stage seven. Really, our mission is to positively impact the well-being of every individual in our community. We live that. And we were actually awarded America's 100 Best Hospitals from Health Grades this year, among some other awards. But I'll, I'll put that awesome. out there. Great. Well, congratulations on that award and the HIMSS Award and the CHIME Award. That's great. It sounds like you're doing some great things there. So where is the nearest, uh, I know you're the only one in the county, but where's the nearest hospital? We actually are about 100 miles north of Washington, D.C. So we have some great hospitals in D.C. And Maryland is known for our Johns Hopkins Hospital, our University of Maryland, and shock trauma. So there are many other community hospitals Mm -hmm. around. But, you know, to drive to Baltimore or D.C., it's about an hour drive for people. So we like to provide the things that we can so our community can stay in the community for their care, around their family and and get all that they need right here, unless it is a specialty. Sure. And we are very lucky in Maryland to have those kinds of hospitals near yeah. us. Yeah, that's great. My previous site was about an hour and a half from any kind of major other healthcare facility. And the motto there was the right care right here. So like you, I know how important it is to have a, a community facility that offers some of those specialties and keeps folks local and close to home for that care. So I applaud you all for keeping that fire burning in your community and and really serving those community members. So tell us a little bit about your journey through healthcare. It's kind of interesting to see anytime there's a healthcare IT leader that has a clinical background, and that's not the typical path perhaps, but that's the path I took. And I I would like to hear uh, how your path ended up. I actually was in maternal child health for almost 25 years, the last 15 of those in the NICU setting. And when we first started at our organization coming together with getting people online and, you know, it it wasn't really that long ago that, you know, if you talk about 20 years of we were on a lot of paper Mm -hmm. before then 
And so I joined a team of other nurses from each of our specialty areas to start building our EMR at the time. I found it very challenging. I've also loved coming into IT because at this point in my career, I've had about 20 years in IT too. At this point in my career, I have actually been privileged to see the workflows of all the different components that make up healthcare, respiratory therapy, rehab, the lab, the pharmacy, nursing, the providers, ambulatory care managers. It's just amazing in healthcare, Mm -hmm. the dance that we all do for every patient to make sure that they get the care they need. So that's probably my biggest privilege being Mm -hmm. here. But I came up through that building and became a supervisor. I loved teaching. So trained for several years and worked my way up to a CIO. But if you had asked me even 10 years ago, do you want to be a CIO? I would not have answered yes, but I love okay. it. Well, very cool. I, I always find that it's it's interesting to see IT leaders and IT staff, even with uh, clinical background, because it really reminds, it's easy to forget that there's patients behind all these ones and zeros and servers and monitors and sort of things. So it's great to see that you've you've got that clinical connection and, and patient care at heart. So knowing that you have patient care at heart and, and seeing what technology can do to improve that patient care. So I know you've partnered with Meditech in their genomics module, and we've heard other sites doing this, but it's it's pretty cutting edge and you're one of the few sites that's up with this. So I'd like to hear how your site is using it and what, what genomics is doing to improve patient care there at Frederick. Absolutely. We're very excited about this endeavor. And you know, our recent experience with COVID provides a great example. The highly effective mRNA vaccines were only possible with breakthroughs in genomics and genetic sequencing. However, Most clinicians think genomics is still far in the future, as well as provider organizations. Outside of a few specialties, most don't have that advanced training in genetics. But, you know, where we are, what if physicians could order genetic tests just like any other test in the EMR? What if genetic test results came back and were displayed intuitively inside the patient chart and test results would include an interpretation, um, some clinical decision support and recommended next Mm -hmm. steps. That's kind of what we've done here, partnering with Meditech. And we really believe that it is not in the near future. Genomics is here right now. You know, this has been growing since just 2001. Mm -hmm. And it is just becoming more and more out there. However, there are a lot of challenges in genomics with the EMR industry. There's really not a lot of discrete data out there if you wanted to bring these results in. They're mostly in PDF formats, and we scan them into the charts, and the oncologist spends, you know, 20 minutes finding the scan documents. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. And then they sometimes they even print them out because they want to highlight things, the important things. They're 20 or 30 pages long. So that's one of the challenges. There's minimal industry standardization for integrating with other vendors and these labs. Many lab HIS systems, they're not equipped for the genomic data yet. They weren't built to have that brought in. And it can also lead to rapidly changing science here 
I mean, every week something's coming out with new genetic tests and how are you going to keep up with the rule building and the upkeep with that? And then on the provider side, there are a lot of technical challenges to get that integration done. We couldn't have done that here without our collaboration with Meditech or 269 bed hospitals. So when you go to those labs, they want to know that all the work they're going to do is going to a bigger project. And then, you know, you have to negotiate prices and logistics, developing partnerships with those labs. Most of them haven't dealt with bringing those results into an EMR other than their own. So having the change control and and those kinds of things there. And then we've had to work with putting the right people in place, such as navigators, so that the navigators are both for the patients and the providers, and then educating the providers about the genetics and, and where it's going to be and what it's going to look at. In our system, this comes in under the lab. There's a tab under the lab. It has all of the genetic information that comes in. We've partnered with a third party, um, First Data Bank, to update the clinical decision support, especially for pharmacogenetics. I could talk about that a little more. They update that weekly, that we pull that in. And then the payer reimbursement for testing isn't quite there yet. So we've done some negotiating for how do we keep those costs down for our our patients. Great. You mentioned oncology and you mentioned pharmacogenomics. Are you concentrating on those two areas right now? Or is there any kind of specialty or kind of niche you're using to use this tool? Yes. And I'm glad you asked. Precision medicine has been part of our strategic plan for a couple of years. So We developed a precision medicine program about two years ago, specifically to support our oncology program. We wanted to streamline the navigation and counseling into a formal precision medicine program. Our CEO, Tom Kleinhansel, here at um, Frederick Health and our board, very much believe this is the future of medicine. So we wanted to, at that time, two years ago, we, you know, part of our goals was to import discrete genetic data. It just wasn't available at that time. And we wanted to provide that, enabling the delivery of the predictive proactive medical care through genomics, you know, and that collaboration with all the members of the health Mm -hmm. team. So wanting to treat the individual according to their unique genetic profile. Mm -hmm. So we had a piece of the precision medicine program already set up. And when I found out that Meditech had this genomic module that that was coming up, this genetic program to bring in the discrete data. I was out there raising my hand saying, we are very interested here and would love to collaborate with you. You know, that is one of the big advantages of Meditech, I will say, is that they do a lot of collaboration with their partners when they bring these kinds of things up, which has been great. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 always interesting to see how Meditech works with their customers and brings on beta sites and really tries to get new products out. You mentioned these navigators. I'd like to hear more about that. Or that's a that's a great idea because I can imagine this is a you know somewhat complex and possibly confusing topic for patients and you know staff and providers all along the way. So are these like nurses or or what kind of folks do you have doing this role? And and tell us a little bit more about what they do. Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about our overall program components. First, we have the prevention, the hereditary genetics, 
And that's actually led by Pat Risen. She's a nurse practitioner. She's actually been the lead trying to put all of this together for us. Then we have the pathology component of what we do, the neurogenetics, where that's the somatic type of genetics where we're looking at the tumors and doing the the testing Mm -hmm. on that. We have a a provider, um, Dr. Mansky, who's head of our oncology and clinical trials. And in that precision medicine team that was kind of set up for that oncology, we, we do have a navigator who is an RN. And she works with the patients. When the patients come in, they need the education too. This is what it means to you to get genetic testing. These are the pros and the cons. And you need to know, like, we're protected with our health care insurance, but our life insurance and long-term care insurance, that is not protected out there if something came up in your genetic testing. Also, trying to let people know what the process is. What's the turnaround time for the testing? Some people are in quite an anxious time period. They have breast cancer and they want to have the test done. So letting them know it's going to be a two-week process. Usually the navigators bring them in for a first visit, do all the education. And then after the results come back, they bring the patient back and go over those results. We're trying to get this out to to others, most of our doctors see a patient in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So in 13 and a half minutes, you can't go over, this is your whole genetic right. testing. So those navigators can spend that time, go over that information with the patient, and then also help coordinate that care for things that might come back of what does your primary care doctor need to know? Maybe a cardiologist needs mm-hmm. to know, or you know the oncologist. Mm-hmm. So they help coordinate that care, the navigator term there. And then we started with this program. We actually went live June 20th with this foundation piece, and we included pharmacogenetics. So we hired a navigator. She is a a pharmacist. She's a PharmD, and she has that experience with pharmacogenetics. So she's the navigator there. So she's going to meet with the patients. She'll actually do the cheek swab for the test, give the patient information, and then bring the patient back once we get the lab test back and let them know, this is what the results mean for you. And let me answer those questions because pharmacogenetics, we're really pushing that out to our behavioral health providers. We have both an inpatient and outpatient clinic. And you know, we all probably know people who are mm-hmm. depressed or had suicide in their family. And it's very important to have them on the right medications, but that can be tricky and your genes can yeah. help determine what's the right medication for you. And if that can happen for somebody right away, rather than waiting a year mm-hmm. or two, that's amazing for those people. And the same with, you know, your statins with a cardiologist or even your primary care provider, they are prescribing a lot of these. So she's doing education with them and reaching out to those providers and helping to navigate this for for the patients. However, that information is also discreetly in the Mm -hmm. chart with that kind of ordering decision support. So if your primary care provider orders you something say a antidepressant that comes up, that's not going to be effective for you. They're going to get flagged in the chart. And we have the ability to set 
this flagging. And I will tell you, we're working through that here. That's one of the things we're doing. But they can set that flag so that the primary care doctor is not going to have to read through all of the genetic information. They're going to get flagged and say, you should consider this. Or maybe this patient metabolizes this too fast or too slow. Consider this medication. He would always have the ability to go back and talk to our PharmD navigator Mm -hmm. so that they could find the right medication. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. You've got a lot of great resources that you've dedicated to this, you know, not only support from CEO and the board, but you've got, you know, physicians and PharmDs and RNs and everyone involved. So that, that's, that all points to a successful program for sure. And it was very interesting you brought up the the insurance. I hadn't even thought about what sort of impact this might have to someone's insurance when you can kind of, I guess, predict the future in some instances or predict predict the outcomes. What metrics are you guys using to kind of show that this has been a success or, or do you have any goals set to say that you want to have so many people genetically tested before a certain date or, or what are you using for metrics? We are working on our metrics and our KPIs. And yes, it's the number of tests. Are we increasing the number of tests in the pharmacogenetics? We can see the alerts. So does that help the provider make a decision on the medication? We've already had KPIs for uh, for oncology. And the other thing that we're doing, collaborating with Meditech and developing an analytics dashboard with business and clinical analytics, that's coming up. And we want to continue to grow. We are actually very excited. One of our providers here who also works for me as our CMIO, Dr. Conley, has started using some biomarkers for nutrigenomics, a weight loss program that we have. We have a big weight loss program here. So we're going into nutrigenomics as our next piece as far as setting up the lab testing. I've seen how the results come back. It's very interesting of whether, you know, would having more carbs in your diet help you or would having more protein help you or what kind of diet might might work best for you. So it's really exciting. And, you know, all of us are raising our hands to join that that program when it comes <laughs> yes, up. Yes, absolutely. And, and hoping it comes back with more carbs is better, right? <laughs> yeah, but it hardly I'm ever sure. does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Well, well very interesting. Very interesting. And, you know, I I spoke to Dr. Daly regarding this topic on a previous podcast, and it's very interesting to me to see two community hospitals leading the charge, at least in the Meditech space around this genomic stuff. It's very, very interesting. So I I applaud your work and and it looks like you're off to the great start. And I'm excited to see how you guys uh, finish up this project and, and continue it through the next years and to see what great things come out of it. Thank you. So Jackie, I always kind of like to end the podcast on a personal note, just to see something that you have going on or a podcast you're enjoying or uh, something professional you have coming up. Do you have anything to share with the group? Sure. I'm headed to Chime, to San Antonio, to the Fall Chime event. I'm actually going to present on our genomic program there. So that's coming up next week and I'm very excited to go there. Oh, great. Yeah, that'll be a, a nice trip and it'd be exciting for other hospitals to see what maybe a Meditech hospital is doing. I know when I've attended Chime events, it's it's sometimes, you know, a lot of larger hospitals and and the the big three vendors and stuff like that. So yeah. it'll be great for you to get that stage and share what's going on at, at your hospital there. Exciting. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And, and thank you for everything that you're doing there at Frederick to help your patients and, and even using technology in new and exciting ways. And we're excited to see how that extends into the future. Thanks, TJ. Thanks for inviting. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. 
Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org for information about Muse. 